0: bookworms, welcome to The Best Book Ever, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books. I'm your host, Julie Strauss, and today I'm thrilled to be talking to Ashley Shannon. Ashley is the founder of GYST Media, a content creation company that aims to create female-driven podcasts, books, blogs, videos, and more. I have followed Ashley online for several years, but this was the first time we've really had a chance to sit and talk. I was absolutely thrilled to discover that she is the same in-person as she is online. Real, honest, funny, and very cool. Ashley chose a book that's really close to both of our hearts, and I know you're going to love hearing her tell me why Furiously Happy by Jenny Lawson is the best book ever. For more information on how to support this podcast, check out my Patreon. For about the cost of a latte, you can have access to all sorts of extra goodies. Every week, you'll get exclusive interview clips with my guests that are only available to patrons. I also send out advance notice of the books we discuss, curated reading lists, my monthly reading wrap ups, including The Good, The Bad, and The DNFs, and essays about the reading life. Go to patreon.com, that's P A T R E O N.com, slash Best book ever to learn more about how you can help me keep the candles burning over here in my reading cave. Now back to the show. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the Best
1: Book Ever podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. Ashley, you
0: are currently working on a book which has the most delightful title I've (laughs) ever heard in my
1: life. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So you're probably talking about my memoir, which is called Girl, Get Your Shit Together. Tell me about it. Um, uh, it's actually just a collection of essays about um, times I've found myself at rock bottom and had to, you know, grow up and glow up and figure my shit out.
0: And what's the what's the goal of it? What's your what's your overlying purpose with this?
1: That was a deep question. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, when I started writing on Medium, um, you know, I just I was really lost and kind of um, at a really low point in my life. I was on like welfare and I just had my second kid and I um, needed to write things out to kind of figure things out for myself. But then I started to realize as people were reading my blog posts and essays that um, a lot of people Related and they, you know, I had my first comment was something like, I'm so glad that you wrote this. I'm glad I'm not the only crazy one, or, um, you know, now I know I'm not alone. And so that was kind of the whole purpose. Like, I was just writing about myself to just kind of get it out. You know, the tagline for Girl Get Your Shit Together is picking up the pieces when life falls apart. And it's, yeah, it's just to show women that are struggling that they're not alone. I feel like. Women more than men um, suffer in silence.
0: It feels right from the title way more honest than the wellness movement. A lot of the wellness movement is normally doing. Is that intentional on your part?
1: Yeah, I think that whole like um, good vibes only thing is actually really toxic um, I have read Rachel Hollis's books, not her latest one about her divorce, which was perfectly timed. But um, uh, I, I did read, you know, the "Stop Apologizing" and the "Girl Wash Your Face." And it to me, I know a lot of people resonate with her. That's not me. Like um, I used to be an addict. I've been arrested. Um, I once got really mad at a guy and threw a brick through a window like my life is messy and raw and I just feel like people resonate with that more because it is honest. And it, Mm. it shows that, you know, I I've been at rock bottom and I started down there and and now I'm here and you can do it too. Um, I think a lot of people don't see, you know, from the very bottom to rising up, they see, you know, privileged people who got a head start and then, they rise up.
0: I'm always automatically attracted to those stories of people who I know are going to tell the raw truth.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, the most detrimental thing I've ever heard about depression, which I'm not like clinically diagnosed with depression, but I have, um, adult onset ADHD, which one of Mm -hmm. the symptoms of that is anxiety and depression. And so, um, one of the most detrimental things and God love my mother, but is, can't you just get up and start doing stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like once you start to do stuff, you'll feel better. But she doesn't understand the mountain of mental things I have to climb to be able to do the stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I do, um I do want to say that like, if I didn't have kids, my mental state would probably be worse because there is like, I'm a single mom, so I don't have a partner to rely on. So I do have to get up and and bathe children and feed them and do those things. Not to bring it back to her again, but that's kind of the issue with like the Rachel Hollis thing. Like girls got nannies, you know, and, mm-hmm. and there's no way that she could do the kinds of things that she does in the lifestyle like that I have. And so comparing myself to that Instagram mom who has a husband or has paid help or even has a maid, like, I mean, I had to sweep Cheerios out from behind me. So you didn't see them, (laughs) you know, you just can't kind of compare that. So I, I tend to not have a veil on any of that. It's just very raw and very open. And this is who I am. And if you don't like it, that's cool. So I really want to ask you about your reading life. How
0: do you have two very young children? How do you make time in your life for leisure reading? Like, what are your tricks and tips to get books into your life? Because that is a hard thing. And it's for most people not considered a necessity. Like, how do we make time for that?
1: Yeah. So um, I've always been an avid reader. And um, after I had my son, so my son is seven. His name is Graham. And then Emmy is my daughter. She's two. So after I um, had Graham, I took a job as a custodian. And I um, I was on this thing. It was like my third year in a row of wanting to read 100, bucks, 100 books in a year. But I went from being a stay-at-home mom to working full-time. And then I realized, well, I can clean a school while I'm listening to a book. And that just stuck. I'd go through in an eight-hour shift. I mean, most audiobooks are between six and eight hours. Some are a little bit longer, but I'd do a book a shift and mm. that just kind of stuck. And so I listen to books when I'm uh, you know, folding laundry or washing dishes, those kinds of things. Do you still hit a hundred books a year? Oh no, uh uh-uh. Not even close. Um I had to give that up a couple of years ago, um, probably after my daughter was born. Um, Just because then I started running a business and um, my ADHD got worse to where I can't work and listen to books. I have to be doing like mindless activities to pay attention to it.
0: So tell me what you, what do you gravitate towards in your reading life? What kind of uh,
1: books do you like to read? Um, I tend to do a lot of self-help because I'm always trying to fix myself. (laughs) I'm not sure it's possible at this point. Um, but not so much anymore. I used to read a lot of self-help. I read a lot of young adult books because that's where my passion is. i I if I could write any genre for the rest of my life and I'd actually pay my bills, like I would pick young adult. Um, and I think that's just because i I didn't like to read until like the fourth grade and I found Harry Potter. And then I was just like, never without a book. <laughs> But then I went I went through a phase where I was like I want to read like the biggest books. Like I wanted to be an impressive reader. So I read like Roots and Gone with the Wind <laughs> when I was in like 7th grade. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Did you like them? Um Gone with the Wind is my favorite book. Uh-huh. Um which is odd because I claim to not like romance. I just don't think I read a lot of romance, but um Uh, I, I did roots was interesting. And my mom made me watch like the television series after I was done. Um, we got it on DVD and, um, it definitely changed my outlook. Um, I grew up in Iowa. I live in Iowa now. I lived in a small town. There was not a single non-white person at my school, um, or in my town, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um you reading that really kind of opened my eyes up at a younger age so i'm kind of grateful for that
0: and do you find it in
1: ya do you find that there's a real diversity in the books that you're reading um i do now not not when i was not when i started reading um uh i read a lot of uh lgbtqia books um uh, you know, like David Levithan and uh, Nina core, I think is her name, um, just because I'm queer and I like representation. Um, but um, it, it's definitely opening up now. There's a lot more coming out that makes it available. I mean, before it was just like orphan kid whose parents died or are on <laughs> vacation gets into trouble. And that was like mm-hmm. a whole, you know, that was the whole genre for the most part. Maybe there was yeah. magic. So... Um, But now it's I mean, it's a whole rainbow of races and representation, um, uh, you know, different mental health issues and sexualities. And so it's it's nice to see for sure.
0: And are you're raising a neurodivergent family? Are you finding that kind of representation in literature or in children's books specifically?
1: Mm, Not yet. And I think it's because there's a lot of fear around writing those kinds of characters and getting it wrong. Um, but I, I do. I think that it it will come, but it's going to take more time.
0: How did you find this book that we're talking about today, Furiously Happy?
1: Oh, um, <laughs> I found it when I was um, working as a custodian. And um, I first found her book, um, her first book, which I think is called um, Let's Pretend This Never Happened. Mm -hmm. and um, I had just been, uh, like, officially diagnosed. Um, I had known for a while, um, but I had just been, like, officially diagnosed with a borderline personality disorder. I was looking for books about um, mental health, but not, like, fix-me books. I was looking for... you know like like you're not alone type of books you know the stuff i write now basically um and i uh, it just came up on audible and i bought it and i listened to it and i remember thinking um cuz she's into like weird taxidermy things <laughs> yes and there's like a taxidermy raccoon on the cover um and uh, I was dating a taxidermist at the time, oh so I remember being like, "That's kit. That's kismet. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> this is
0: fate." I have never met a taxidermist. How are y'all meeting these taxidermy folks? This, well, I don't think this is a California live- <laughs> thing.
1: I live in yeah, I live in a small town in Iowa, rural. Um, the kind of place where people come here to hunt deer and stuff. Oh okay.
0: Like that. So how do you describe this book to other people when you're when you're telling people to read it? What how would you describe it?
1: Um it's gonna make you laugh about all the things that are wrong with you. <laughs> It's so Jenny Lawson has a writing style that's kind of like my own. She writes in like personal essay styles. So like each chapter is um, a, for instance, of something that happens to her. And um, it's kind of like blogging in the way that where, you know, there's a little takeaway at the end. Usually in her books, it's kind of like um, you're not alone or, you know, you're, you're broken, but you're not trash or, you know, something along those lines for those of us that struggle with, mental health issues, which there's more, I think there's more people than they realize that struggle with these issues. And there's definitely a lot more, you know, coming forward, that it's not as stigmatized. Um, So it just kind of helps people see, you know, oh, I'm not alone. This is, you know, I do these things too. And I gave it to um, the person I was dating when I found it because it was kind of like a, see? I'm not the only one, <laughs> like you know, and I think it, I think it really does help people who have loved ones um, with mental health issues kind of understand things a little bit more because sometimes we can't always explain what is going on in our fucking heads, but she does a pretty good job of it. Sometimes
0: I first came across her. I don't even know how many years ago, but she posted on her blog about the chicken that she named Beyonce. Honest to God, probably 15 people emailed that to me and went, this is you. Because precisely <laughs> how I operate with my husband. And so I had the same reaction. Like, I sent that to him and he was like, "Well, wow, there are two of you out there.
1: Yep. Guess what? There are a lot of us. <laughs> there are a lot of us. And it's, it's funny because she takes these stories You know, and like, that's really funny, but I can read that and see like, oh, I do that, but in different ways. And maybe now that I'm more self-aware, I can, you know, not burn every bridge in my life just because I'm unhappy about one little thing. And so it's, it's very relatable shit, right? Like it's all about, it's somebody on the surface will read this and be like, it's very, very funny. And, um, I mean, then there's some serious stuff in there too, but it's very, very funny. But for me, it's like, it's a book filled with like light bulb moments, you know? And then it's like, okay, so then maybe there's therapy or, you know, medication adjustments or just knowing that I do this or I have done this in the past. Let's not repeat that behavior. So it is, it's just, it's, it's like ping. Like I was re-listening to it while I was doing my makeup today And she talks about um, depressions, like a a demon that rides on your back and you take it with you everywhere. And sometimes it parties and sometimes it's fun. And sometimes, you know, it it wraps its arms around you and holds you in bed. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. So I've been feeling a little not um, productive lately. That's that thing I'm carrying around. And so it's just, it's every time I listen to it, it's like a new moment of like, that's why I do what I do. Okay. Now time to adjust.
0: (laughs) I'm always so impressed by people like Jenny Lawson and you who can be unfiltered and will just tell the truth without Without fear. It seems to me that it is without fear. Is it without fear? Because from the outside, that's what it looks like.
1: No, (laughs) that's always nice. It's nice to hear. Um, You know, there are people who look at what I do as a job and are like, you have your shit together. (laughs) No, that's cute, though. Um, But no, I'm I'm scared constantly. I have insane anxiety about what I do which would make most people be like okay then don't do it you know just go be a waitress or something you know go back to college whatever um but I kind of feel like I have to do this this is just kind of what I was made to do and so it's kind of weighing out like I need to write this story versus like people are going to judge me um I'm gonna get trolled I get trolled a lot. And um just overcoming that fear, which is not easy at all. Um, the first blog post I wrote about like my mental health issues uh was called uh borderline personality disorder is ruining my life. And I just very was very much like, it's ruined every relationship I've ever had. I'm pushing away the people that I love, even though. I really just want them to love me and want them to stay. And Mm. um, when I hit publish, I immediately went and took it down because I was like, people that know me are going to read this. Like my mom's going to read this. Uh, Mm. Like it's embarrassing, (laughs) but then I don't know. It's really not because everybody's suffering from something. Nobody's perfect. Mm. And so I might as well tell my story and let other people know that they're not alone because I felt alone for a very long time.
0: Is there anything that is off limits to you? Like, is there anything you absolutely would not write about?
1: The answer is no, but there are stipulations. (laughs) So, um, I do, I write about sex. Um, I do it under a pen name because, I live in a very conservative small town. Um, Mm -hmm. When I started, I didn't used to. I used to live in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which is kind of like Austin, Texas, but smaller. Very weird. Hippie town. And um, there it was just like, let your freak flag fly. But now I'm back in Iowa. Very conservative small town. And I don't want the mom at the school pick up to read, you know, my blog article about five best ways to orgasm or whatever, you know? So I, I write that stuff under a pen name, but no, I write about everything. There Mm -hmm. is no limits. Um, and I just, I'm just open like that, I guess. I never used to be. What, what changed? I was really tired of being an insecure person. I was really tired of worrying about what other people thought about me. Um, And just really kind of tired of feeling like I was living my life fitting into somebody else's box. (laughs) Like, um, I tried really hard to be one of those Rachel Hollow soccer moms (laughs) with the blonde Mm -hmm. hair and the always being on time and the baking and all of that stuff. And then I just realized that, like, I am so, I was so unhappy Um, when I was pregnant with my daughter. I was so unhappy and so alone trying to like fit into this, I don't know, stereotypical, whatever that just was not me. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I actually, and this is like a common thing in my life when I'm very, very unhappy, I tend to like overcorrect. So then I like dyed my hair black and and I overcorrected and started just writing about everything and posting it on the internet. And, um, the overcorrection kind of worked because I found my people. I found readers who, I don't know, nobody, they didn't feel like they had anybody either. So we just had each other. And um, yeah, so now, I mean, I set boundaries. I don't want to write anything that, you know, my kids are going to be ashamed of or would make them uncomfortable when they read, when they get older. Um, I don't write about my current relationship that I'm in um, because that ruined a relationship kind of, mm. I mean, there were other reasons that that relationship failed. Um, but one of the big main fights was you get really mad and then go write shit on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, there, there's a couple of boundaries, but for most parts I'll cover any topic.
0: Um, so back to the book. Do you have a favorite essay in here or anyone in particular that speaks to you that, that is something you like best of all?
1: That's really hard.
0: Would, yeah. Because <laughs> it kind of depends on where you are in life, right? It
1: does. It does. Um listen l- rereading it, re-listening to it. Because I listen to the audiobook and she reads the audiobook herself.
0: Oh, I think um, that's fun.
1: Yeah, re uh re-listening to it for this interview. The last one is it's and I think it's called like The Appendix or whatever and it's where her husband um interviews her. And it's where she has the the talk about where she talks about uh depression being the demon on her back and of course she's written the questions. And um I really wish that they would have had him record his part in the yeah. audiobook but they didn't. Um but for me right now I'm single and I have been single for a little while. And one of the most touching things throughout that book, and now I'm reading, she just um, released a new book and I'm reading that one uh, is her relationship with her husband and how much he is aggravated by her, but loves her unconditionally. And that essay, this this last reread really kind of struck a chord with me because I was like, I find myself settling in relationships for people who maybe kind of understand me, but don't really. And, um, I was just, uh, you know, listening to it and deciding that I just need to hold out for my victor. (laughs) Like I need to find that one, that one person. I mean like look at any, a normal married couple that I know, um, the husband would have told them to take that chicken back, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I want a man who's not going to tell me to take the chicken back, you know, like, I think that's perfect. Like looking at, you know, a man that's going to have to come into my chaos with my kids um, and, you know, contain the crazy and, but, and maybe not fully understand it, but love it anyways. And I feel like I've just been settling for people who are like, I like her and I guess, you know, I deal with the crazy, mm. but like now it, I'm old enough to be like, I'm going to hold out for that person. That's like, I like her and her crazy, <laughs> you know? So tell me what you're reading these days. What have you been into lately? Well, I'm, uh, I have two books that I'm kind of going back and forth. One of which is Jenny Lawson's new book, which is called, um, broken in the best possible way. Oh, and. Yeah, it's so far, it's so so good. Um, and then I am uh, reading something for work, which now I've got to think about if I can talk about it. I think I can talk about it. Um, so um I'm reading my co-host's um memoir that she wrote about her um marriage to a sex addict called Love Me More. And um it's so good and it's gonna be out soon. But um, it's uh, it's different because like I write like very like funny, I don't know, kind of sad but mostly funny stuff about my life. And this is like a I don't know, it's almost like Gone Girl. Like it's intriguing and it's thrilling. And I was like, I can't believe this happened to you, type of stuff. And I don't write like that, but I definitely like admire people that can do that kind of stuff. Tell my listeners about your podcast. That you, what's her name? Um, Carrie McAvoy. So um, she is the legitimacy to my crazy. So we have a podcast called Girl, Get Your Shit Together. Um, and she's a licensed psychologist. And I'm just a mess. So <laughs> together. It's great.
0: Okay. You're a perfect match. She's your yeah. victor,
1: maybe. <laughs> yeah. And so um, we talk a lot about um, mental health and relationships. Um, we're both... Uh, neuro neurodivergent. Carrie is autistic. And then I um, am autistic and have ADHD and lots of other things, but we have a time limit. So um, we just kind of talk about, you know, what it's like to deal with mental health, bad days, good days, um, parenting. Um, All of our children, uh, between the two of us, we have five kids. They're all neurodivergent. Mm. Um, so it's just, it's really interesting. Um, but most of the time we talk about how we suck at dating or how dating sucks.
0: Ashley, I adore you. I think I'm so glad you're here. Will you share, um, with my listeners where they can find all of your work online?
1: Yeah. So, um, you can find, um, I have two books, uh, well, I have one coming out in August and then I have a book out right now. Um, Both of which are like kind of memoir style books. Um, Girl, Get Your Shit Together comes out in August. And then I have a book called This Is Me Letting You Go, which is all about essays about relationships and breakups. Um, You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, You can find me on TikTok, even though I feel way too old to be on TikTok. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then, of course, you can find um, our podcast uh, Girl, Get Your Shit Together anywhere you listen to podcasts. That is great. I want to thank you for joining me today. And I hope you'll come back
0: anytime you have a book you want to talk about because it's a delight talking to you.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a blast.
0: And I got to glimpse Graham. Yay. (laughs) I've only ever seen pictures of him. (laughs) I'm just
1: glad he had all his clothes on.
0: Thanks for listening, Bookworms. For more information on this episode and links to all the books we discussed, go to our website, bestbookeverpodcast.com. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at bestbookeverpodcast. I'm your host, Julie Strauss, and you can find me everywhere as Julie wrote a book. If you loved this episode as much as I loved making it, why not leave a review wherever you're listening? Each review helps new listeners find my work, and I'm so grateful for your help. Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you at the library.